Hello, is it me you're looking for? I'm already regretting this. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 127 of Island Like Their Old Stuff, a podcast where we ask the question, what the fuck have you been doing for the past five years? A podcast where we ask the question, what the hell happened to our relationship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is this. The name of this one's called therapy. <laughs> Perhaps we need it. Um, <laughs> welcome to I don't like their old stuff. The podcast where we actually ask the question, "What's the hype?" Uh, I'm Jo, and with me is Groove. Groove, Groove. What have you been doing the past five years? Don't answer that yet. Don't answer that yet. Hold it. Okay. All right. So <laughs> we're back after a five-year hiatus. Uh, because of this, uh, I guess, because of this? Well, wait a second here. Let's, uh, for starters, it's seven years. Seven years? Our last episode was recorded in 2013. Oh, really? Yeah. So we haven't talked in seven years. Well, I think we spoke on the phone for either a few months or a few i don't know a few months or a year after we stopped recording so it's been like six years it's probably been six years so just to get the the listeners don't understand the two listeners that we have <laughs> neither so, one of them gets it yeah so dave you know groove and i obviously were you know inseparable best buddies best friends yep. forever and well not forever but for not probably a long time <laughs> a long time and uh, then we just kind of like fell off and stopped talking to each other. And it's pretty sad, I guess, um, for me at least. But I don't know. This is awkward. So it was well, not so going to be awkward, but what, what I was, it was OK. So I from my memory, there was a, a somewhat of an event, not not so big that it was a particular event, but there was a. Uh, a few series of conversations that occurred and then we just kind of dissolved and both of us are cut from the same cloth. And so our own stubbornness prevented us, I think from reaching out to the other and then, and, and I, now I'm building towards something here, right? Yeah. So, Go for it, for it. so we began to send each other, an odd post every now and again in Instagram, I think it's, it's maybe six months ago. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's been over the past year, you know? Yeah. So every now and again, it would just, I know that I would see something and I would say, undeniably, Joey needs to see this. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to send it to him regardless of whatever the fuck has happened between with, the two with, of without us. Without addressing the, the void, just yeah. like, here's something yeah. that I know that you would think is funny and vice versa. Right. And I sent you stuff to you. Yeah. 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 No, of course I'm just saying from like my this. end, yeah. the, the motivation behind yeah. it was this is appropriate for him to see. So we had had that back and forth and it would flare up for like two, maybe two or three days and then go quiet again for maybe a month. Rinse, repeat for the past six or nine months. And then yesterday, or no, it wasn't yesterday. It was like on Saturday, I think, right? Saturday, yeah. yeah on Saturday, Friday, you maybe, sent yeah. me a message and said, "Yo, I'm listening to an old episode. 
this was kind of funny. And then we went back and forth and we said, should we record a podcast where we do like a postmortem or an autopsy on what happened between the two of us? And it was agreed between both of us that this is a highly combustible topic, which could be either really uh, an appropriate way to re-enter the podcast game or an absolute fucking train wreck. <laughs> or like yeah, the saddest thing ever, or we wind up yelling at each other and hanging up. So right. I guess and, if that were the case, it and, wouldn't get released, but Well, unless you come across sounding better than me, and in which case you would release <laughs> oh, I it. I definitely would. That's the as the <laughs> recorder, I have the power in that. You should have learned technology while uh, you were on your hiatus for the past. Well, you seven you years, forget so. the fact that at the end of it, I was the one uploading, editing, and uploading to the server. I know. Yeah, you're right. You were. I was. Is, I was keeping us alive. Okay, you can do that now then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it back to you. Yeah, Fuck off. you could do it. So, yeah, sure. so I would just, so well, I, to, let's go back to me listening to the episode. Yep. Can we do that? Or am I cutting you off? No, absolutely. Okay. Go so right ahead. I have avoided listening to these old episodes, but I've awesome I, I, for no particular reason other than like it's I'm like, oh, maybe it's cringy. Maybe it's bad. Or even more so the way that like things have changed and people are more careful about what they say. I'm like, man, I wonder if we said anything that would like get us canceled back then, you know, or bad. Let, you know? let me tell you right now that as soon as. So, you know, we, I screenshotted our conversation. I put it on my Instagram story, right? Yeah. And both of our lives have probably, I would say, fundamentally or foundationally changed in the past five or six years, right? Yeah. And I had some moments of concern and regret after making that public because most of the people in my day-to-day -day life now – don't know about this podcast. Right. And I am, cons I, I was like thinking the same thing. Like, like I certainly don't think that you and I have ever been the, you know, say something offensive in order to get a laugh type of people. Right. Yeah. But the, what we've been finding out is like some blind spots that people have had in the past now are no longer acceptable as blind spots. Right. So, so I think that's the thing that you were wondering that I was out overwhelmed with concern about is like, did I ever, and there's no way I'm going to fucking listen to 125 episodes of our bullshit. Right. And I don't, I know myself and I know you, and I know that both of us in this regard have always been pretty aligned in the sense of like, we're not, we've never intentionally tried to, you know, uh, make fun of some marginalized group in order to get a laugh, right? Not even, yeah, I don't think either one of us sure. ever, has ever really tried to intentionally get a laugh in the first place <laughs> yeah, right. or well, been successful I, at it, right? So I, I'm less yeah. concerned about whether or not we said something that would get us quote unquote canceled, but much more concerned at just how cringy those old episodes are. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. And that's my concern too. We're both like braying jackasses, like make no... <laughs> make no mistake that hasn't changed for me over the past seven years <laughs> but we're not pieces of shit i don't think so i think that like we know enough like i'm pretty confident in most of the things in my life that i haven't done anything super terrible like i've things i've regretted and there might I mean somebody will bring up some episode of the podcast that was really terrible against some marginalized group or something as soon as i say that but i don't think it's bad but it might be like you said cringy but 
that's all to say that like I set that up and then I've, I've avoided listening to them because it's like hearing your voice. You don't like hearing your own voice or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, especially Absolutely. If, or like watching old home movies is like terrifying to me, you know, like <laughs> that sort of thing. But I listened to this episode. I just brought up a random late episode. I was like, I wonder if the pot, if the, if the website is still up, number one, which it is. Um, mm-hmm. And I pulled up an episode and I just started listening to it. And just the first like 20 minutes of it was pretty funny. I was like, this is actually funny. Like, and both of us are real critical about what's funny. Um, I think that's why we've always been good at doing this to some degree. Uh, well, I wouldn't go so far as to say we've been good at doing it, but what? the fact that we took the follow through to do it. <laughs> well, I think it's why some people liked listening to it, I guess, is more like. Because yeah. we are particular about what we think is funny and, and what we don't think is funny. And so I, I was like, wow, this is this is actually really funny. Like, there were some good moments, some good jokes, you know? Um, That's a, well, I mean, look, here's the thing, right? Is like, we, I don't want to sound self-congratulatory, right? And I don't really care because none of no, this. Pl- we, play, play me a song on your ego flute. We, <laughs> we started doing this podcast before it was cliche to have a podcast, right? Right. Podcasts were popular, but not in the way they're popular now. You had to be a podcast person. You're like, oh, that guy listens to podcasts. But now it's like everybody and their grandma has a podcast and listens to podcasts. So Exactly. And it's like obnoxious to try and invite anybody onto your podcast, right? Yeah, like right. it's it's a, you know, it's it's everybody has one, so therefore everybody's trying to get everybody else to get on theirs. Right. Um, and I think that one of the things that we had done is we weren't as invested in trying to be funny ourselves as finding the things that we found funny and discussing them because we wanted to entertain each other. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Was, was, yeah, because we weren't, we didn't have a huge audience or anything. We just no. did it to, it was just kind of recording our phone calls to each other in a way. You know? well, exactly. Yeah, Which is yeah. kind of like our friendship was uh-huh. based on finding things we knew the other person was going to like or find funny. Yes. And and the the little bit of the opposite end of the Venn diagram, our Venn diagram had so much overlap that the little parts that were not overlap was the fun conflict that we reveled in pushing each other's buttons on. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was about things that we disagreed on. The, the, the handful of things that we disagreed on, we disagreed on greatly. And it was that's <laughs> where the, the tension of that is funny. But. So then, so then, okay, so here we are to present day, you say, yo, this podcast was actually pretty good. And I saw it as an an opportunity because it had gone through my mind several times over the past, like two or three years of like, you know what, like it would be really engaging for me at least to suggest that we record an episode, but we don't talk beforehand and we try and review my memory of what happened and your memory of what happened. And we find out where the truth is in between. Right. So it's like an episode of this American life. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Who's our glass. (laughs) It's got me because I'm driving, right? I'm not Uh, about to try to do an hour glass impression. (laughs) I'll take Sarah Kane. Hello. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> we can both. But I figure we we review that, and then if we are still 
capable of, of talking to each other, then we just continue on with the rest of the episode. <laughs> Because I'm also quite interested in what you've been consuming, what's the hype, what's not the hype. And then, as you suggested the other day, lingo you like but have aged out of. (laughs) Yeah, because you said some slang word to me and I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I want to like that. What did I say? I can't remember what it was. (laughs) It's not worth it anymore because – Yeah. But here's the other thing is like – but I mean, there is, there has been a lot. This is a, a you know, not a, a golden opportunity, but it's a fun opportunity to find out like what has, ha- I want to know what has happened the past five years in your life. All right. Well, let's go over what our recollection of what happened first. Who's going to go first? I, I'll go first. Do okay. You, do you want to go first? Does it benefit you to go first? No, I'm, I'm really nervous about going first. So I'd rather you okay. go first. Let me go first. And this is like, and I, it, this seems like really personal stuff to talk about this podcast, but there's nothing like sinister or like there was no fight in the street we had or anything like that, where it was like, fuck you. I'm never talking to you again. There was nothing like well, that. Um, I think one of the things that's interesting for us to be able to be like, have the maturity to talk about this is because I think this, I, I don't think we're alone. I think people, it happens are to people all the time. To yeah, it happens to people all the time. You just you think, wow, I was really close to that person, and now I'm not. And like, to be clear, we were like close. Like, I'm I was the best man at your wedding. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I don't know. It, no, we were best friends. Yes, and I'm and, s- and we haven't spoken to each other in at least five years. Right. I haven't heard and, your voice in definitely five years. And we did not say fuck you to each other. Yeah, there was no huge conflict. There was – sorry. So anyway, let me get into my side of it. Okay. And it's really not super complicated. Um, from my side of it, uh, I had a horrible – the worst breakup of my whole life. Okay? I basically had a mental breakdown after this. Terrible, horrible breakup. Um, and just – took it really bad and was just a piece of shit, like not willfully hurting anybody or anything like that, but just not participating in my life how I should have. Um, mm-hmm. And it just destroyed me like to the fun foundation. And during this, we tried to record some episodes of the podcast and it just didn't happen. I think we even started one. And I was like, I can't do this. I think the last episode we were going to record, I canceled in the middle of it. Um, I don't know specifically if that's what happened, but it, it definitely we were going to do it. And I just couldn't focus on anything. I didn't want to do anything. And I'm sure that was frustrating to not just you, but everybody in my life. Um, I didn't handle it well at all. Um, and that's not an excuse. It's just the catalyst for that. And then I remember that you wanted me to do a logo for your company. And I tried hard to get the motivation to do that. And then I didn't do it and I put it off and then um, it got to the point where I had felt like I had let you down. And then the way my anxiety works is that once I feel like I have upset someone, it makes it all the more harder for me to like, like once I have not replied to an email for a long time, it makes it that much harder for me to respond to the email. Because I'm like, that person's upset with me, and I just kind of avoid it, I guess. 
I know it's like cowardly, huh? but that's just kind of like how my anxiety manifests in that. And so I have these like non-conflicts with people where I think that they're upset with me, which they may be for not responding, but it's more what I've created in my head, I think, than what is actual. Um, and so it just got to the point where I had not, I had neglected our relationship, not just about doing the work for you, but just our relationship and our friendship. I had neglected it to the point where I was like, well, I can't say I'm sorry for this because I'm too scared to. And so it just kind of spiraled out from that, you know? And I'm not saying there's never been times where I didn't resent that you didn't reach out. I never was pissed at you. You asked me the other day, where are you? are you angry at me? And I was like, no, I'm not angry. I was sad. You know, there was times where I was frustrated where I was like, Oh, well, David just let our relationship die. And I would immediately go, no, it's, it's my fault. You know, but the, the, the yep. thoughts would jump in my head. Cause it's, it's easier. And you and I are both are kind of that way. Yep. We I'm, have- I am not interrupting you to let you finish. And then I'm, I just wrote down some notes of like me too. But yeah. I'm, you know, I want you to finish. Keep sure, going. sure. Yeah, we're both hard-headed, and we're both quick to point the finger at somebody else um, when we know in our heart that it's our fault or partially well, our fault. Equally, I'm our not fault. that way anymore. So you know, okay. but that's you know, that's on what's happened in the past five years. You know, I've reached transcendence. But, but go the, on, the, you you can still be like that. <laughs> yeah, see, oh, that's so great. You you got me. Oh. Yeah, you're such a better you're such a better person now. Um, no, but there's a there is a petty streak in both of us, which is what makes us funny to some degree, I think. Um, but yep. also is shitty and also plays back to uh, times in our lives where we had low self esteem and struggled with other things. Um, it's kind of a coping mechanism, I guess. At least for me, I don't want to speak for you, but. Um, sure. There is that, and 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 it would fluctuate between I'd be like mildly upset with you, but then immediately be like, and perhaps I have like matured, but immediately be like, no, this is my fault, and I can't fix it, and I'm really sad, and um, it is weak of me to have not just apologized, I guess, for my whatever I'd done, you know, um, or not done, but I just felt like it was. I don't know. I'm real good at creating these stories uh, where the other person feels a certain way when I don't actually know how they feel about it. Um, and I guess that's it. I don't know. That's not like a great, it was kind of convoluted, I guess, but it was just kind of like, I just kind of let it go. And then I felt like it got to the point where I couldn't fix it. And then yeah. I alternated between blaming myself and just being upset and mostly sad. Cause I mean, I've missed the hell out of you. Like all the time, you I you cry. Yeah, I think about you a lot for someone that I haven't talked to in five years. You know, like there's things yep. that like you and I just align on certain, like particular like pop culture and music and and literature and things that we like. We and movies, we have the same taste. Yeah, I don't think I've ever met someone that had the same taste as me like you do. Um, well, again, I just I want to go ahead and say that. I've done a lot of growing. I'm a much better person now, so I've probably gone beyond your taste now. Yeah, but again, you know, at that taste. time, you spent the five years <laughs> refining your taste. Now, well, we now, we can just we have nothing in common anymore. So all I watch yeah. is, are David Lynch films. <laughs> all, I, <laughs> all right, I'm hanging up. Okay. Um, fuck David Lynch. All right. Uh, so, so, so so anyway, that's I've missed the hell out of you, and you're 
even though you haven't been in my life and I've done a shitty job of showing you, you're, you're still important to me. I mean, you're still the security, the answer to the security question on my bank account. <laughs> Fuck. I guess I got to change that now. Shit. <laughs> Thanks. Well, they don't, nobody knows my real name. Thanks. It's That's not right. Groove Dog 04. <laughs> you should change it to that legally. So let's let I'm going to pick right. up. I'm, good, I'm good now. I've said what I need to say. So Yeah, I'm going to pick up here at the end and work my way backwards. I'll say, too, that I feel the same way. Right. Like it's like even like when we so we got on the we got on the phone together at two o'clock. It's now three o'clock and we've only been recording for a few minutes. We had 40 minutes of like working out the audio levels. Surprise. <laughs> and but immediately I wasn't nervous about anything. I was like, it was as if all those five years had been collapsed down into nothing, which is a testament to just how absurd both of us is, right? Like we have this six-year hiatus from inseparable Siamese best friends talking and texting all day, every day and only recording it once a week Yeah, to no communication to as soon as we're on the phone, it's just like normal. Yeah, right. Back and out, back how it was like, right. And, and still, yeah, I, even though we didn't talk, I, you know, when I reach sexual climax, I scream your name, you know, <laughs> to this day. Yeah. And, and McKinsey usually yeah. says when, when that happens, like you must still miss him, you know, but yeah. to go back to the, you know, kind of like when you were talking about the breakup and, and this is interesting to think about. And it this, is- uh, one of the reasons I was invested in hearing about this is because I know that my memory and memory is a tricky thing, right? And my, and I know that in the past like two or three years, I feel like my memory has become somewhat less reliable than it used to be. I used to be somebody that had like that razor sharp memory and I could remember everything and Same. names and events. Yes. And yeah. So how much of my memory has been shaded by, as you mentioned a mixture of embarrassment and shame at my own actions, resentful at your actions, um, but also anxiety, the same type of anxiety, because like you, if I tell someone now, this is honestly, this doesn't really happen anymore, but it it used to be my, my method of operation was if I told you I was going to call you tomorrow and then I forgot to call you tomorrow, I would probably never call you again because I was so embarrassed that I forgot to call you, even though you may have been important to me, right? Like you were an important, like not you, Joey, but like you, the person that I said I was going to call, like I didn't want you to feel like you weren't important. So I just fucking never called you again. Like that logic doesn't work. But let me stop you there. Where does that come from though? Is that exactly what I'm talking about? It's like, I'm respecting you by disrespecting you. Like, but you will never know that. Because yeah, I'm it's not calling weird, you back. You know, like, I disrespected it, you. You're probably not upset about it, but I feel terrible about it. So I'm just not going to return your call ever. Well, and you know? and to pile on to that, <clears throat> when somebody tells me they're going to call me and then forgets, and then they call me a day or two after that, and they say, hey, I'm sorry I forgot. 
I do not take it personally at all. Me, me either. No, no. But I'm utterly convinced that they will if I do. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. I have a buddy of mine that, uh, that I, you know, he, he has, he's a particular kind of person and he will tell me stories about how he lives his life. And then he says, you know, you only have to visit. I have to live with me. You know, it's the same thinking. So, so let's back it up to your breakup, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And this is the area where I was hazy on whether or not I was reimagining as myself as the protagonist Right. Or if I, if my memory was closer to the truth than I was giving myself credit for. Right. Yeah. What I remember specifically is being on the phone. I remember where I was. I was standing outside of a restaurant um, on the sidewalk in the town in which I used to live. Talking to you on the phone when I had to come to a realization for myself that this breakup that you were experiencing at the time was certainly more traumatic or more intense than previous breakups, mm-hmm. right? Yet the pattern of your behavior was similar to the previous breakups that I had been there for you with. Mm-hmm. If that grammar works out, yeah. right? So you're following me. Yeah. And <clears throat> I remember now this, this might be hard to hear, but obviously I love you and that's why I'm telling you this. Right. And I don't, and I, I, it seems to me that it's not the same as it used to be, but m- where I was at was that you would experience <clears throat> like a breakup and then call me and want to hash through it with me, which was perfectly fine. But then you would punctuate it with asking me for advice. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I would give you that advice as I saw it, right? Based on my own personal experience and, and in good faith, right? Like trying my best to help my friend out. And then it would be my interpretation, which can be faulty. So I'm, I'm not saying that I was right and you were wrong here, but it appeared to me that a pattern had developed where you would go through a breakup, you would call me, we would talk about it for, you know, hours or days or weeks, mm-hmm. right? And then I would give you advice and because you asked for it and then you wouldn't take the advice. And so I be I became on that on that final breakup which, you know, granted was the worst one which sucked, right? Yeah. But I was like, man, and I and I distinctly remember, now here's the part where I think I'm remembering this and maybe I thought it but didn't say it. But saying, <clears throat> Joey, this has happened before. You asked my for for my advice and you don't really follow through on it. And so I don't know what else to say and I don't know how to help and I don't know how to be a friend because I feel like I'm doing the thing that a friend does and you're not doing the thing that a friend does. Now, it's not your responsibility as a friend to take my advice, right? Right. Um, and I recognize that whether or not you take it should not dictate whether or not we're friends. It dictates more on whether or not you have either the desire to follow through on my advice or not, right? Like that's should be independent of a friendship. Like friendship is more than just whether or not you take my advice. But I remember thinking to myself, 
he's not learning from his experiences and he's running his head into the wall. And I don't want to watch him run his head into the wall anymore. Right. Like that lowered my desire to be there for you. But I felt like I was pretty clear in my rationalization there. Like, Hey, I'm willing to still be friends, but I don't, I don't want to talk about this anymore because I feel like it's not changing. Yeah. So can I jump in? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. here's my perception of that. It brings back some things. Um, So yes, the problem was, is that I had gone through these other emotional breakups and it was almost like a crying wolf situation where those weren't as severe as I thought they were. But then Uh this one was the worst thing. Like I was like, Oh shit. I didn't even know what this was like compared to the others. It's just like completely different, you know? So it was the the worst one. Let me jump in here and say that from my memory, this breakup was with a gaslighter. Uh, Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you could could categorize it that way. Yes, it was a person that was not telling me the truth and was telling me that everything was my fault, actually. Right. Okay. So that's gaslighting, right. right? So, um, yes. Um, so it was a it was just a perfect storm of, like I said, kind of the cry wolf thing to where this was the time I really needed you. And I also just needed somebody to listen. But. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, instead of just speaking, I also asked for advice because I was so desperate to like have a solution. I I really just needed somebody to listen to me, but I I shouldn't have asked you for advice because if you ask me for advice, I give you advice and I'm, you know, the honest truth as much as I can. You know, that's how I am as a friend. I try to be, you know. And I guess that like I didn't need to hear that, but I had asked for it. So that's on me for asking for it. And also that's, I guess I felt like you had gotten frustrated and turned your back on me at a time where I really needed you. But I completely am aware that you were just at your end of the end of your rope with my bullshit and you were setting boundaries, which is healthy. And in the past five years, I have learned that setting boundaries is very healthy. So in retrospect, I don't blame you for that at all. Like you did the right thing because you needed to look out for you and you weren't being like, you weren't being like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. You were just like, I don't want to talk to you about this, you know? And I don't know what the exact like boundary was that you said, but you were fairly clear in it. And then I felt like, okay, well I'm just, it was back to my thing of like, okay, well now I've annoyed this person and I'm making them miserable just by speaking to them at all. And that just like sent me further down my hole of I'm not worth anything. And I just kind of withdrew from everybody in my life and everything. Um, And let me say, right, I recognize that vibe too. Yeah. So here I am saying, well, I'm feeling guilty every time I talk to him because I feel like there's this big elephant in the room that neither one of us is going to talk about. And we can't, and if we can't talk about that, then what are we going to talk about? Even though we had a whole world to talk about, it's just the one thing, you know, as soon as something's off limits, that's the one thing that should be, you know, or at least that's the one thing that colors or affects the texture of the conversation. Yeah. And so, whereas you were feeling shame, I was feeling guilt. Right. And then I, you know, look, even though I had, 
yeah, as you say, I was attempting to set a healthy boundary. I am so fucking codependent that for me to set a boundary in the first place is very uncomfortable. And then I feel bad for doing it, you know, like, and I, am I more practiced in it now? Yeah, I'm more practiced in it now. Am I good at it now? Not really, not particularly, you know, it still makes me wildly uncomfortable to do that. And, you know, in general with, with people in general, some people are, you know, sometimes it's easier than others, but I do remember that, um, I, you know, it's funny that you brought up the logo because that was one of the things that I had forgotten. And it immediately brought me back to trying to find an olive branch for something for us to work on together that would allow us to rebuild that sense of interdependency without, you know, uh, you know, with, without the breakup stuff. Right. Um, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you talking about withdrawing from like everybody when I, uh, you need somebody to listen. I'm thinking, fuck, you know, like I'm so I'm, 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 I'm sad for that. Right. I'm, I'm embarrassed and, and, and sad, even though maybe what I did was good for me. Like, you know, the, the sense inside of myself is like, I try to live my life by the idea that, helping others is what brings me salvation Mm -hmm. rather than looking out for myself, quote unquote, which I think has commonly been a source of humor for both of us because in our most exaggerated, you have been the one on the other side of that coin of like, I got to look out for me. Fuck all y'all. Right. Like, I don't care what you think about. And on the other end of that coin, me being just like, um, uh, a total like, you know, white light of optimism and let me go help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and, and I'm not saying you've been a selfish person. You're not selfish at all. In fact, you, you'd been, you, you bend over backwards for anyone. I'm saying like in the humorous way, the way you make jokes is playing a character that is like, well, that's cool if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, you know what well I mean? That's, it, that, the manifestation of that personality or whatever that character is that I play is kind of how I wish I could be. Right. Because I wish I could up. just be like, fuck everything and fuck everybody. I'm just going to do what I want. Like, But I'm not that way. But yeah. I've created, like you said, I've created this character and I'm able to find humor in that through that. You know, I'm able to say things that I don't really feel, but there is some part of my lizard brain that feels that from yep. like a survival standpoint. But yeah. Correct. So I guess the fact that like, I do remember the fact that like I had offered the project, the logo, and then there wasn't follow through there. I think I, I don't think I took it personally. Like you were saying, fuck you to me, but it was more like, um, okay, I, I don't know what to do. Right. Like I was confused as to how to be a friend and, well, and on my side, I should, I was just so overwhelmed. I couldn't, I could barely breathe, you know, like that sounds dramatic, but I couldn't, I was just fo- focusing on making sure I ate something during the day, you know? And it wasn't that I didn't want to do it. It was, I was incapable of doing it. And I should have said, I can't do this. Um, you know? And there's also the idea in my mind, right. Of if like, I cannot, if you're digging a hole and I tell you to stop digging and you keep digging and then I tell you to throw out the shovel, yeah. like I, 
I can't wrestle the shovel from your hands. No, not at all. And I'm not speaking of you specifically. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of what was going through my mind then of like, this is really tough to watch. I can't stop it. I have to separate myself from it in order to like allow him to finally stop digging. Yeah. Well, you, you, you taught me a long time ago, the concept of detach with love. Yeah. And that is like one of the most profound things I've ever know. Anyone's ever told me where it's like, I can love you, but not endorse what you're doing because me endorsing it makes it, it's not helping you get better and it's not helping me in my life either. And so you can go get out of your hole, you know, but I can't sit here and watch you dig it. Yeah. You know? Or at least like if you're done digging, I'll hop down in the hole with you yeah, and sure. we get out of it together. But, but, but if you're still actively digging, like, sorry, buddy, there's no place for me there. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's a, that's a, a good concept, I think. But yeah, it was, it was definitely along the lines of that. It's the second time this week somebody's called me profound. I'm just I'm telling you, in the past five years, I really have. You have become more profound. At, at least two people in the past five years have called you profound, and that's this uh, week. Yeah, it, it, it only took five years. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, I, 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 yeah. In all I, this, I am taking. I am definitely taking the blame. Like I, I, I am owning. We each have parts. We we That's do, the, but uh, but I feel like my part was more active in that and more selfish. Um, well, I think yeah. here's the thing. Here's what I think. Right? Is <clears throat> I myself had done my. There had been a period in my life where I had done digging. Right? I had been aggressively digging myself into a very deep hole. Right? Uh, yes. And then we became friends once I had stopped digging and I was on my way out of my own hole. Right. Yeah. And so I don't think it's a matter of blame. I think it's a matter of timing where you right. had gone into this area of your life where, you know, obviously, or maybe not obviously because it doesn't sound like you've grown at all, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I really haven't. Know, yeah. Judging, you know, judging from your Trump. social media, which I have kept into, like, it does seem like you're in a better place, right? Like you're in a more self-actualized place. For sure. So that that yeah. period of time, Definitely. while dark and depressing and demoralizing, you know, and, and sad is, you know, everybody's got some period of that life. And the question of whether or not how they respond to that is more important than whether or not they go through it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and your, so your time of doing that didn't align with mine. So it's a exactly. matter of like, it's, ama it's amazing we were able to like maintain our friendship the way it was through me going through that because a, a huge portion of our friendship was me going through that period. But but I'm 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 saying that the timing is not blame. No, so no, sure no. you can say to yourself, well, I take a little bit more responsibility for this, but I don't think that it's a I, certainly I don't think that this conversation was ever about assigning blame more about learning what happened and which you know what we how we see what happened and maybe i think i'm going to come to the conclusion that it's it's not about who was more or less at fault but more why did it happen and i think it's about when the digging 
happened and how depth, you know, what depth the digging got to and then what has happened getting out of it. Right. Like, I think that I definitely think that my position at that time of us fizzling out was me saying I can't help him anymore. And so the best way to help him is to allow him to isolate until he finds the help that he wants. Right. Yeah. But I never really I mean, of course, just like you, I would ping pong back and forth between resentment and sadness. Right. And, and, and shame, my own shame for not, you know, both. I know, I know. Oh God, I would have these conversations with Mackenzie of like, I know he's not calling me out of spite now, but not like the worst kind of spite, but just kind of like, it's gone too far. Like neither one of us can budge. We're not going to blink, you know? And um, it wasn't spite as much as it was like, well, I guess that's just over and I have to just be sad about it. Like, right. Yeah. That's what I meant. I I misspoke. Like I never thought that it was like you trying to stick it to me so much like, well, this is, we're just both stuck in the mud. Well, I always say that there's, I always say that there's reasons and there's excuses and you have to like learn the difference between those things. Because sometimes there are just reasons things happen, and it's not an excuse for it. It's just, you know. It, it, yeah. No. I mean, catalyst. here you it's are trying to be profound, and I'm subscribing. I'm. I'm in. I'm. I'm. I'm going to subscribe to that weekly newsletter. Well, I've been. I've. I've yeah. I've. I've done a lot of. Uh, I feel like this podcast was the perfect time for me to bring my thoughts on the five G controversies too. So I'm just gonna <laughs> get some of that. we can talk about that later. But you know. Um, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll get to what you've been consuming. Yeah. For sure. Um, not 5G. Not been consuming that. <laughs> although, although we all are because it's just soaking yeah. in through our skin. Yeah, no, I do think that I think we've arrived or at least I've arrived at the conclusion finally for the first time that it it probably really was a timing thing more than everything else in the sense that I was at least <clears throat> practiced enough to know that the best way that I could be a friend was to set up that boundary. Yeah. Right. Even though it, it shattered my heart. Right. And, and maybe it went on too long, but who cares about time when we're in the present moment right now talking on the, on the phone. I it's think not that's a phone. the phone. We're talking on 5g. That's, oh, not me. Got it on the <laughs> dial up. Um, no, but I think that's the, that's the point there is that it, it, it was, I think it was going to happen no matter what. And like you said, it, it, you mentioned dissolving. It was more of a dissolving than like a breakup. Um, yeah. It had to happen, I think. I just think that the sadder part is that it probably didn't have to go on as long as it did. Like we could have reconciled longer ago, but that's maybe we couldn't have. I don't know, you know? Yeah. It's, it's impossible to know that. We could have reconciled and then truly had that blow up. Um, after that, because it wasn't the right time, you know, um, which, you know, I'm glad we never did have that explosion, you know, like meltdown where you say things that you can't ever take back, you know? Well, I I would never do that, but you would. And I get that. I mean, I did it all the time into the mirror, but you never heard any of it. You know, (laughs) I'm gonna call that motherfucker. Uh, all right. Well, I'm satisfied. All right. Well, I guess we don't need to talk anymore. Again. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, now that my conscience really is clear, know, I'm, I'm good to go. So, What I really want to yeah. know now, I mean, like, look, we can talk for 
you know, hours longer about the same topic here, but I want to transition into learning what you've been doing. Well, um, yeah, well, we can put, let's put like a cap on that then and move into what we've been doing then. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, and I want to I mean. say that I've missed you, and I truly have missed you, and I would like for you to be in my life, you know, and hopefully we can mend things, you know. As, no as uncomfortable as I am at, at public displays of affection, I will say that I miss you too. And I'm so excited. <laughs> I know, because there's so many times where I was like, I need to tell him about this. I'm like, uh, it's just uh, I can't. I can't share this movie with him or something like that. Cause he'll think it's weird. I'm sending it to him and like, you know, it's like, I want to get back to that. But anyway, what have I been doing the past five years? Well, I met big boy from outcast. Fuck you. And I met Ron Perlman from sons of anarchy. <laughs> okay. Whatever. And, uh, yeah. And I, I'm dating someone who's incredible and that's, that's the only thing that's happened to me in five years. Those three things. For for how long have you been dating this person? Um, it's been three years. Yeah, I so no. See, I have some questions. It's somebody that I was friends with for like five years. So, well, allow me allow me some questions. Yeah. Before. I, before when we were friends, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because we're post friendship now. <laughs> Just to be clear, pre friends. Yeah, you had one or two tattoos. Yes, I think I remember when you got your first one. Yeah, how many do you have now? I have. I can't even count them all. Like, like twenty. Okay, probably. so tell me about that. Um, that was kind of a well. I had the opportunity to get tattooed because a friend of mine was an apprentice, uh-huh. and um, a friend of mine was an apprentice, and so I was just and I was at a point where I was like wanted to do something to like do something, you know, to like be proactive and, and getting the tattoos was kind of like, I realized it was kind of therapeutic. I kind of think that's bullshit now because I encounter people all the time. It's like tattoo therapy, but there was the, there is a point of it where it is, there is something about it, you know? And so I just started getting them and I was like, Oh, this is actually kind of cool. I kind of am into this and it's not just, I'm not just having some like, midlife crisis or something like that. I actually appreciate this and like the artwork and all this stuff. And I realized that I could just kind of, I think that I've like held back of who I really was a lot in this time. And I was like, I can just kind of be who I am and get these tattoos and I like them. And I had the opportunity to get them for not a lot of investment. And I don't know. I don't was know if this, that's a good answer. Did that coincide with the beginning of putting the shovel down and climbing out of the hole? Uh, that was the, yeah, that was an attempt that wasn't definitely wasn't putting the shovel down, but it was, uh, it was working towards that for sure. What, where would you say you are now relative to then? And has there been any thing in particular that 
has been like especially helpful in becoming a more authentic version of yourself? Um, yeah, I, I can't say that I don't have days where I'm in the hole, you know, but I'm not living in the hole. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, I have come to grips more with my anxiety and how it turns into depression and it kind of flip flops. And I think I only focused on the anxiety part of it before. And now I'm able to, I'm aware of things more. And so that helps a lot. Um, because I can realize when I'm in the hole that I'm like, Oh shit, I'm back in the hole, you know? Yeah. And I can get out. Um, but then, uh, you know, it's not to say that I don't ever get back in it. Um, that's helped me a lot. And honestly, um, dating Jackie has helped me a ton because I'm dating somebody who actually appreciates me for who I am and who I don't have to exhaust myself trying to impress or hold on to, I guess. I, I understand what you're saying. I I just immediately, my mind went to like trying to make a joke about how I'm always exhausted and always trying to impress Mackenzie and it's been 15 years now. Well, if that works for you, you know, that's, uh, yeah, sure. No, it it gives me energy. It feeds me with uh, life. (laughs) (laughs) No, it really is though, because I think that's the thing that I've struggled with. Uh, Mostly, most of my life was romantic interactions with people and the struggle to want to be accepted by somebody that I was with and dating someone who's like really supportive and uh, lets me be who I am, even the bad parts of me, you know? Well, like, yeah, not not in an unhealthy way. Like I'm not allowed to be an asshole, but I am allowed to be an asshole. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I was actually I was just on the phone with somebody earlier today, where we were talking about this topic in the sense of um, when. Okay, so for me, and the thing that I've kind of realized about myself, right, is that I walk around if I'm not doing what I need to do to take care of myself. Okay. So let's just go ahead and put the foundation down of like, there is a collection of activities that I participate in that make me healthy. Uh Okay. So when I let one or a series of those things slip, I return to the person that I'm about to describe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that person that I would say is, you know, unhealthy for lack of a better, more specific phrase, right? Um, When I'm not my best self, I am full of fear. Yeah. And totally self-obsessed. Right. And my fear is that you're not going to like me. Okay. That. That anyone's not going to like you? Yeah, anyone. That, uh, that, yeah. Yeah. The what collective the, the, you are not going to like me. The, yeah, the person that I'm going to engage next is not going to like me. Yes, correct. And that, not only that, but nobody likes me, and then therefore I'm unlikable. Yes, I know that feeling. Okay, so on a long enough timeline, right, all I do is think about myself All I do is, you know, kind of get paralyzed by this fear that nobody likes me. I become convinced that I'm unlikable and therefore, what's the fucking point? And it's this like altruistic narcissism in a way. It's not like, oh, I love me. It's, oh, it's uh, focusing on yourself to the point of 
there is a selfishness to it, but it's like trying to make things better for everyone that has to encounter your sorry ass. Sure. Yeah. yeah my, like, but so here's the thing, right? <clears throat> I have the so when I'm thing. in that place, I compromise who I truly am. Right. Estimating what I think you want from me. Right. Right. And so maybe I secure a friendship or membership in a group. But since I lie about who I am in order to be accepted, I don't actually trust or enjoy the friendship that has been given to me. (laughs) So I am successful at becoming a chameleon in order to get friends, but then I don't think they're actually my friends because they don't know who I am and I am exhausted trying to keep the shades of color on my skin that I think this chameleon needs to be in order to get those friendships. Yeah. Okay. I I, I empathize with that for sure. I've been through that too. Like, yes. So I, I'm, I'm merely thinking of that because you said, well, you know, Jackie doesn't really ask me to be anything other than who I am. Yeah. And I think she knows who I am, you know, like truly not the, not the version of myself that I've projected to try to make someone stay with me. She knows who I am. She knows that I'm a pain in the ass and, you know, but I'm also loyal and all this other stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, for and sure. That's, yeah. That's we, I mean, we don't need to go down a list of all your character assets. Oh, I mean, it, it would be too yeah, long. We don't hurt you. Time. And yeah, I'm so profound. I have all these profound sayings. And Well, you have one. I, I think I have two. <laughs> I have just one that I've created while we were talking. I mean, no, I've, I've been saying that for years. Um, no, I mean, and, and the thing that I learned in the past five years this, or seven years, whatever, this really helped me is also... Um, accepting people for who they are. Like I've gone through so much of like not trying to bend people to what I want them to be, but just accepting them for who they are. And it's like a matter of like, well, I have to accept this person for who they are or just not fuck with them. And which is the other side of that same coin, right? Either I am completely changing to be your friend or you have to change to be mine. And and what we're talking about here is trying to throw that coin into the well, right? Right. Yeah. For sure. And it's a struggle. It's something you struggle with, you know? But I have so much awareness of it now. I guess I'm just getting older and actually Uh being willing to kind of set aside some of my own biases about things and, you know, I guess my ego in a way because I'm so humble now. Um, I can hear it. Yeah. I realized like I've been trying so hard to make people be what I want them to be for so long and I can just choose to deal with them or not and let them be who they are. You know, I have a friend that shows up late all the time and I used to get mad and tell her I'm not going to hang out with you anymore because you show up late all the time and that didn't work. And then I realized I just have to realize she's going to be late. That's, that's how it is. She's just going to show up late. You know, that's funny because I've, in the past, um, I, I would say, gosh, in the past five years, I have made friends um, with these two people. They're a couple, right? They've been together for teens of years, yeah. right? And um, and I, God, I, I value and cherish their friendship, and they're, you know, they're wonderful people. I enjoy spending time with them, and 
this is about two, two years ago. This speaks to how like maybe you and I just didn't get the memo when we were supposed to get it on like how to live. Yeah. And, and they're like an example of like aggressively normal people with like healthy balance in their life and just like relationship skills and coping mechanisms. Yeah. Right. And it was, I, I, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but I definitely remember it happening, yeah. right? Where the memory is just like divorced from a, a time and space in my mind. But we were supposed to be like, we used to do, we traditionally had done like a weekly thing, right? We used to go to the movies every Monday. And then recently over the past couple of years, we've been going to dinner on Sunday nights, right? right. And, um, it was some time where they told me the thing was at eight o'clock. And so I got there at eight o'clock and the thing didn't start till like eight fifteen or eight thirty. Yeah. And I said to them, I was like, what the fuck? Like, why did you tell me eight o'clock? And they said, well, you're always 15 minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> and so they had been doing this for like years. <laughs> right. And this is the only time you discovered it. Cause you actually showed up on time. <laughs> Once. I actually showed up yes. on time. And the irony is like most of my life I've thought of myself as a relatively punctual person. Yeah. It's just, you know, to be honest with you, it's like uh, this brings my marriage into it. Like so Mackenzie and I this summer will be our 10 year wedding anniversary. Right. And we've been together for 15 years. Yeah. And in the very beginning, we were we were very different people. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about this recently, how I have I have really kind of like assumed some of her characteristics and she's assumed some of mine. And one of the things I have assumed from her is a little bit more relaxed relationship with time to, to put politely, right. That I have grown more comfortable with being five minutes late than 10 minutes early. So that's worn off on you then. That's worn off okay. on me. Yeah, yeah, I used to like you said. I used to be so angry at her. I used to get so yeah. mad at her. So for being you late. accepting her for who she is has fucked your life up. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the the irony it's is made you an asshole. Yeah, but I kind of rubbed off on her. Yeah, in the sense, that if I used to be ten minutes early and now I'm five minutes late, she used to be ten minutes late and now she's kind of like on time. Right, and she's making an effort to change that behavior because she knows that it's like helpful to you well and i vice think versa. i don't think it's about me at all i think she's come to it's just naturally yeah she's come to value punctuality more in her life yeah. she's come to you know what i mean like yeah. i don't think it's necessarily about me at all you know um i think it's just like you know as as you talk about like maturation and development i mean here we're having this conversation you know it's funny because i was thinking you know back to thinking about previous episodes and how cringy they were like we were I mean, we started recording in 2009. That's 11 years ago. Yeah. The person that I was 11 years ago is not so different that he's unrecognizable to me now. But like, I'm different. You know, like the, that which I'm interested in and that which I talk about and how I talk and how I communicate, those are all different things. So the part of me that was like, how cringy were we is like looking back on youth. Yeah, it's like being a teenager or something in a way. It's like because there's there's Except more. We, we we were we weren't teens, right? But people cut society cuts our life into 
childhood to adulthood, and then that whole adulthood period is one chunk, you know? And it's not that way. I've realized that, too, over the years. Like, you go through different periods in your life that are correlated to your age, and, you know, there's no direct roadmap for any of those phases, but it's, uh, yeah, we were just going through that, whatever that was. But it's fine. It's just part of who we are. Yeah. Like... Yeah, we've just publicly documented you know, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, some cringy years. Yeah. Yeah, we've publicly documented us going through puberty at, <laughs> at twenty at late in our late twenties. Yeah. But but now we're we're really honestly probably gifting the world with our profundity now that we've decided to re engage in, in in publicly recording That's why these conversations. We to, yeah, we had to bring the podcast back to show them how great we've gotten. We were good before, but now we've gotten great. And and to also give them a roadmap toward self-actualization. So they too can be here. Not here, because <laughs> I don't want you in my house, but not you, but them, the listeners. Stay home. But yeah. Uh, speaking of <clears throat> your house, yes, it appears to me that you have become a Facebook sensation. Uh, where you've you've allowed your creative uh, outlet to be Facebook posting a variety of topics, most of which are humorous, yeah, uh, and one of which is your frustration with your hometown of Wilmington, North Carolina. Yes, that is indeed correct. Now, how much money have you made off of Facebook by doing this? <laughs> Zero dollars, none, not a penny. Yeah. <laughs> not a penny but it's my outlet for like telling jokes you know like everybody like everybody's like uh, always like oh well i want to try stand-up comedy but i have never had the confidence to do that i guess so this is my way of like telling these jokes that i've written you know well it's probably for the best that you haven't tried to do that publicly you've got a very friendly audience on facebook (laughs) i don't know i don't know if you've read some of my posts but (laughs) yeah um i wouldn't say i'm a sensation just more like a phenom or something i don't know yeah you're right let's downgrade it to (laughs) you know (laughs) more beloved more beloved Uh, figure i guess i don't know (laughs) that's absolutely it yeah i think you just need to transition your account from personal to fan page true yeah to allow for more people to begin to follow (laughs) it to allow for me to continue to make no money to a wider, yeah. to a wider audience. Yeah. Um, what I, I don't want to talk deeply about the pandemic because I, I would rather this conversation be, you know, able to transcend its time and place. Right. Evergreen. Yeah. That being said, uh, what's the hype? What's not the hype? And what have you been consuming? Well, is there anything else you want to say about what you've been doing the past five years? I feel like I talked I mean, about I me think, and didn't talk about you, but I, yeah, well, I'm just more interested in you than myself. I I don't oh, know that. Um, oh, okay, <laughs> right. No, I I meant that. Like I'm 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 I am generally more curious. I'm not sure that my life has had any transformational change. Uh, like, well, I mean, I think your your lifting stuff is like a huge thing. Yeah, which I don't 
Mm, I, I I don't want to create dead air on the on the radio, but so yeah, I mean, I guess like I have gotten. Um, I, I'm. I'll tell you, I am very anxious about connecting this podcast to that endeavor now. Well, you don't have to. I'm just. It's, yeah. It is an interesting thing. So. It's, we can remain, keep it detached. It's okay. We don't have to talk yeah, about we'll it. keep it detached for now. Like I, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know if like, okay, so we're going to record this podcast, right? Yeah. And then you're going to edit it and put it on the server and then it's going to be available. And I'm going to have a tough decision on how I publicize the fact that we've put this out. Oh, I'm going to send it to everybody on your friends list then. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I have had several people – okay, so fuck it. So I am a weightlifting coach, right? The, yeah. and, and, and the people that have listened to this podcast in the back, they, in the past, they, they know that I have been in the style of Olympic-style weightlifting. And in the past decade, I have gone from you know participant to you know I guess athlete, if you will, and now I'm, I still compete – but I'm also a coach. And my biggest concern is people that I coach listening to this podcast and like either a losing their sense of respect for me if they had it in the first place. Right. Or B like not taking me seriously when I'm in that environment. Right. Which I, I, I don't take myself too seriously when we're recording this podcast. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to, you know, go wherever the joke goes. Yeah. But in that context, I am certainly lighthearted and positive, which is understood as too casual. However, it's something I take very seriously, you know, and, and I'm, I'm quite committed to being the best I can be in that endeavor. Right. Which is, kind of in direct opposition to what I present on this podcast. And so I, you know, and I guess my concern is rooted in sort of like, well, obviously it's rooted in fear, but like I'm, it may be unfair for me to assume that those who would listen, who I coach are not capable of recognizing that distinction in the first place. I mean, that's a valid thing to be concerned about, I guess, but it's not, like I said, I don't think anything about this has been like, shameful or anything you know uh not just in particular i think the whole lifetime of i only like their old stuff it's nothing's been super shameful or maybe i don't know uh like i said uh, you know what it is <laughs> you know what it is what it's that we regularly clown ourselves by saying this is a shit product yeah and like what i want to present in as a coach is that i am not a shit product <laughs> right yeah but this is your outlet for saying things that you wouldn't say in other places you know and it's i guess not that's about what the i problem. say no yeah. it's it's not about what i say it's about the fact that like we record over Skype. It's not studio quality. It's not, you know, like often we will run into dead ends and like, we don't give a shit, you know, like whatever. If you, It's always been, and you've always given me the courage by always in the past, always saying like, man, they, they ain't got to listen to it. You know, like <laughs> if you're choosing to listen to this, it's your own fucking fault if yeah, you don't enjoy it. Shitty ass podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. No, but I, I think that, I mean, that's up to you to deal with those things. And if you didn't want to participate in this then I understand, but I don't think people are, I mean, I think that's, that's just something you have to set a boundary with your students and stuff, you know? 
I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, there have been several that like when they learned that I did have a podcast, like uh, that day that I posted the screen cap, there's been, there were several people that were like, what is the name of this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I want to go listen to it. But you can choose not to promote it with that crowd. I mean, uh, that's up to you, you know? Yeah, sure. I could choose not to You can maintain a boundary with that if you want to, but. Well, there's an en- an enmeshment on those that would follow me on Instagram, right? That's the way that I communicate my own personal right. stuff is my personal Instagram. Like at the end of the day, fuck it. I'll put it out. Like we say, like five people will listen to it and it won't matter. Yeah. You know that I'm going to listen to it anyway. Don't I don't going to listen to it. I don't give a yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. Hell no. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm really worried about the people I play Magic the Gathering with finding out about it. I'm now worried about people (laughs) learning that I'm friends with somebody that plays Magic the Gathering. (laughs) That's another that you talk about your outlets. That's my outlet. That if I don't play enough Magic the Gathering, I become a different person that you wouldn't want to be around. (laughs) You hey, look, and I I want you to know that you have my full throated support in that. Sure, I believe it. (laughs) What? So so yeah. So I guess that's yeah. No, I, I yeah. In the past few years, McKinsey and I bought a house. We've, we've set down roots here in Rhode Island. We are, we, we really love this state. Like it's got most everything that we would want. Um, the two of us recognize that, like, I think we both, we wouldn't change anything now, Yeah. but we kind of fell backwards into Rhode Island, you know, like, we were really sad when we left London. We didn't yeah. want to leave, but our visas had expired and we couldn't get them renewed. Yeah. Um, and we came here for Mackenzie to, you know, to, for her to get a, a degree from RISD. And it was the first place that we moved where we both liked it immediately. And we grew into a community of friends that felt like family pretty easily. And, it was, she was in this, you know, she was in this three-year program and by the end of year two, which I think aligned with, you know, us beginning to fall out of touch, she kind of brought up the question and I was thinking of it too, of like, where do we go from here? What happens next? And by that time I had kind of had my talons into this place enough that to have uprooted and left again would have been something that I would have done, you know, if it would have been good for both of us. Like I was interviewing with a company in New York city and she was, I was on like the, I think I was on this. I don't remember how deep into the interview process I was, but I was deep enough that I had to formally withdraw my name from consideration. Right. And she was looking at art spaces there in New York. Like we were on the cusp of making a decision to move to New York. When we both had, when when we had this kind of realization, this discussion of like, are, am I doing this for you? Like, who are we doing this for? And we reconsidered what we thought about Rhode Island. And we realized that both of us like the idea of moving to New York because we wanted the idea of living in a major metropolitan city like we had in London, uh-huh. but that we really appreciated Rhode Island more, the quality of life that we had more here. And so we made the decision to stay. And 
uh, it was nuts, man, because, well, it doesn't matter. The details aren't that important, but in like three months, we bought a house, she graduated and she was, and, and then myself and my business partner, we bought the weightlifting club that we now own together. Yeah. And so it was a perfect storm of these things that you should probably do by themselves, right? right like right. buying a house turns out it's a really stressful experience. Yeah. And Mackenzie and I bought a house that was like a, a project house yeah. that was really old and needed a lot of work done to it. Mackenzie, when she was doing her final show for Rizzy, like an art show, right? Like it's her, yeah. her graduation. They do this art show. She sold every piece that she had made. Wow. Which was a beautiful thing. But she was left without a studio in which to make new pieces. Yeah. And no pieces with which to sell. So she was oh, completely yeah. devoid of like anything to sell right. and any way to make new art. And on top of that, when my partner and I bought the weightlifting club, we bought it because we thought we had an idea of how a weightlifting club should be run. And we wanted to be masters of our own destiny. I, we had these series of conversations where we were like, ideas about culture and atmosphere and, you know, programming and investment from us. Right. And we said to ourselves, this is a, you know, it's a risk. Um, and we're not sure that it's going to work. Um, we weren't sure that it was going to be able to like make money, but we were prepared because we each had other work that we were doing. You know, we had other full-time jobs and this was only going to be maybe 15 hours a week of our time. But if we could experiment on what we thought was important about the sport, then we could find out whether or not our ideas were right. And we, it turns out we were right, you know, in general, because the club, so at the same time that McKinsey graduated and she had no studio in which to make art, she was trying to find a studio and she was really anxious about losing momentum as an artist. Um, and we bought this house that was all of a sudden taking up so much of our time and energy. And then out of nowhere, I went from an average of about 15 hours a week of coaching to needing to be at the gym like 90 hours a week. Oh my God. So, so, so like Jeez. I was completely absent from my marriage. Right. And I was completely absent from this joint endeavor of buying this house together and trying to fix it up together yeah. to being like, I am not, I'm just, I just wasn't there. Right. And she was dealing with the stress whether it was however much of it was real versus imagined didn't matter. It was the stress of her like losing her identity as an artist because she was spending so much time trying to manage the DIY stuff at the house while having the stress of trying to find an art studio to like create work in. And so it was this like perfect storm of like, we didn't do anything wrong, but we were, we were in a tough spot. Yeah. You know, it was like, stuff, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, you know, so, uh, you know, we, the weightlifting club, we, we found balance. Like Jared was able to, 
amend his professional schedule to pick up a lot of more time at, at the club. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and so, because in the very beginning, like I had the time to give and, and he didn't. And so I was like, you know, I just had to be there because the room that we were in, like what had happened was we went from like nine or 10 people to over 30. Wow. But the space wasn't large enough to accommodate 30 at one time. So what it meant was that we needed to spend more time there to extend the hours of, of, of coached hours so that more people could come in over a longer period of time. And that balanced it out. And I mean, now we've got like, we've got a pretty good set schedule. We've got a well-oiled machine happening. You know, we have, I, I won't bore listeners with how to run a gym. Like nobody cares about that, but we, we found our balance there, but it took some time. And Mackenzie and I, we found our balance back in our life again, but it took some time. And now, you know, she's found a studio and she, so, so she, she does work, you know, her, our life is here now. And this is it. Like, I think that like, I think we're adopted Rhode Islanders, you know, like I don't think anybody has adopted us. We've adopted the state. Yeah. <laughs> you identify with it now. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's your home. There's a finding a home. is tough. You know, you, you get a couple of homes in your life, you know, and then the rest of it is just places you lived. Yeah, exactly. You know? And yeah. that's, that's amazing. It sounds like you've built this incredible life there and that's great. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm that's, really glad you know, she's doing her art too, and continuing to like be successful with it too. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, she's totally like, you know, I mean, the 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 truth is, she's way cooler, way more creative, way more insightful than I am, and um, but she doesn't record a podcast, well, so fuck I should it. change. I, mean, I should do a podcast with her from now on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. I'm really happy for you. I mean, I've been following this stuff on Instagram, so I've kind of know the story, but not every detail. Um, you know, yeah. I see what you post and everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm only presenting, you know, as everybody does. I I, I only present the the highlight reel. You right, know, the good stuff. Um, yeah. There was certainly, there have been certainly times of like um, perseverance and 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 frustration and 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 confusion too. You know, like when when Jared and I bought the club, I think we both like all of a sudden things changed so quickly that we weren't necessarily ready for it. So we felt like we were doing everything we could just to keep our head above water and, and not just like above water, but just like barely like the water still splashing over our face, you know? Um, because you know, it's not just that, and and this doesn't need to be a podcast about, (laughs) about a weightlifting gym, but, um, it was, it was really, I don't, I don't think either one of us was ready for the immediate success that we had. Now there is long-term success that I think we're, we're working toward, you know, like Mm -hmm. how do you measure success in this field? I think you measure it by producing talent, you know, producing talent takes a long time. It takes a lot longer than a couple months. You know, a lot of people join the club because they were happy that there was a proper weightlifting gym in Rhode Island or at that time in Rhode Island, there's since been a a few others that have opened. Um, but you know, just because people are there doesn't mean that you're good, you know, um, being good at, at, at coaching the sport, it, you know, people don't know whether or not you're good for years. Yeah. You have to have time to develop that. 
and exactly the lasting the the lasting success is where you where you really see what, yeah. what a place is made of like that i'm sure and that's been honestly it's been really rewarding to be partnered with somebody who he and i are very different people um and we we communicate differently we we see problems and solutions differently but our ideology about what we're doing is the same right so what we care about ultimately in the long term i think is the same thing and um we're benefited the alchemy of the two of us together is a is a big benefit for the for the people that train with us because um because they get they get that yin and yang Mm -hmm. you know um but the one thing that has been like unwavering throughout this past few years has been our alignment in the larger goal and in the long run, which has been, uh, well, that's been really rewarding. It's been cool. That's really cool. Uh, not that's everyone, not everyone person. has that, uh, with a, a young business, you know, yeah. and it's good that you're compatible in that way. Yeah. It's been cool. That's cool, man. I'm like excited for you. And every time you post up something about one of your competitors or something, I'm like, yeah, that's my, that's my boy. Well, yeah, I mean, some of the competition stuff is, uh, well, I don't know. It's different. I, I don't, um, this is, <laughs> I am just like ready for you to clown me about this, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I do this sport as a form of meditation. Yeah. And as a form of like, if I want to be polished, then I need to be okay with the irritation of the rubs, mm-hmm. right? And that which I love about it is the training. Mm-hmm. It's it's the day in, day out practice. Yeah, the process. Yeah. I don't particularly care about the competition and I'm, I'm hesitant to say this on two fronts because you're so humble. Right. Well, obviously. Yeah. The first front is that it's tough to be, to present myself as a coach and as an athlete who says competition is not as important. Right. Because I wouldn't want to get it twisted. Like, Okay, if you're going to engage in competition, then of course, the purpose is to win. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it, is it also possible that the purpose is to learn, to simply learn about oneself? Like, why are we engaged in this process in the first place if not to find out? Mm-hmm you know, full stop, just to learn, to endeavor, right. To, to learn something new. And if I am merely, I think what it comes down to is like, okay, this sport is very punishing. It's frustrating. It's hard to do. It's not very rewarding on a, on his face. And so I must, I have come to the thesis that I must enjoy the training in and of itself because if I am only focused on the results, especially if they're related to competition, then the opportunity for me to find satisfaction will be fewer and further between as I age. So 
it is with that that I say that uh, I get a little bit like I, j- I, I like less excited about competition on its face because that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because it's worth doing in the first place. The competition is a necessary moment for me to be tested. If we do anything at all, we should learn, practice, and then test, right? Like testing is an important element of any endeavor that we engage in. Like testing in different fields looks different, right? For some people, it looks like performance. Um, or, or for others, it looks like an annual review. Like mm-hmm. that thing is important to do. It's important to measure so that we can track which direction we're headed. But the measurement alone if that is the only reason I'm doing it, then I fear I might be missing the forest for the trees. And so this, this, this allows me to constantly ask myself in the rest of my life, am I doing this because it's worth doing or am I doing this because I want to get some outcome that may be forcing me to like see the picture incorrectly? Does that make sense? Yeah, I get that. Um, I can relate to that because you know I used to be a professional kayaker and I quit doing it and just walked away from it because I started to hate the process Mm. the process was not what I was enjoying anymore and that's really like like you said I mean the payoffs are are minimal the competitions aren't every day you know the practice is every day or multiple times a week and if you're not enjoying the lead up to the thing, it's what, what's the point? Yeah. You know, the th- it lead up to the thing that you're going to win a lot, but you're also going to lose a lot. You know, if you're good at something, mm-hmm. it just comes with it. You're, unless you're Michael Jordan or something, you're going to lose. And he lost too a lot. You're going to lose things. I'm just saying I'm the Michael Jordan of kayaking. And I well, the- also don't, don't spoil the last dance for me. I'm only on episode four. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I, I realized you didn't know how many championships Jordan won, but um, yeah, but that if you, if you get sick of the process, it's just spoils the whole thing and you can't, it's not even just about not enjoying it. It's just, you're not going to be successful either. It's at, at some point, you know? Yeah. And I think that, um, I, I, I hesitate sometimes to really get deep into my ideology about this because, well, because it's mine and I am still 10 years in trying to understand it. Yeah. That most of what I, why I do it is still in my gut and intellectualizing it alone, I feel like I fall short every time that there's still another thing to be said about it. But ultimately, like it is an activity that I've been able to participate in that so clearly serves as a metaphor for the rest of my life, that every other lesson, every lesson that I use in the gym, I learned before I came to the gym, but I've been able to reinterpret it via my experience there and it's made it more meaningful outside of the gym. Yeah. That's when you, when you have a passion like that in your life that you can be, it's like a Zen thing Yes, where it all aligns, it all falls into place and it all, it was that way with, for me with kayaking too, you know, it's like it all relates back. Uh, the, there's metaphors and all these things for what you're doing, you know, that, that relate to your other aspects of your life and it all, it all fires on all the cylinders, you know? 
Yeah. And I, and, and so I, but I'm, but I also like, don't want to suggest that I consider myself to be some sort of like highly elevated human being when it comes to the Zen part of this, you know, that I so regularly fall short of that ideal that I don't want to suggest that I am that ideal. However, striving for that is really fun. Right. I mean, the, the process is what it's about. So, I mean, and you also have to give yourself credit that you have this experience now. So you, you're not trying to put yourself out there as this sort of all knowing expert, but you are becoming an expert at this thing. And well, the other, yeah, the other thing that makes me uncomfortable about talking about my ideology about this is that I recognize that it's like, it's kind of maybe can be seen as unfair for me to talk about how little importance I put on the result of competition because I have found some success in competition. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, um, it's like somebody was, well, it's easy for you to say it doesn't matter because you win. Right. (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally. But that doesn't mean you can't have priorities. So, you know, right. Of course. Of course. I'm hearing your little inner voice speaking a lot. That's like, you should be worried about this. They're all looking at you this way. They yep. think they think you're an asshole. They think you're an asshole. They yeah, think totally. You're an asshole. Some will think I'm an asshole for talking about like something other than like using weightlifting as a metaphor, and then other people think I'm an asshole for like saying a competition that important if I won. Right. Well, there's like, no winning in that situation. So, and the the you, you know. Yeah. The, what might be the truth is that I might be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Schrodinger's asshole. <laughs> you both are an asshole and not an asshole at the same time. <laughs> it's the gift of the Magi. <laughs> There's a reference. Throwback. Yep. We need a yep. throwback soundboard. A cackling witch. I was thinking that today. I took a shower today and I was like, a cackling witch. Oh. Uh, I miss old sports that are commercials. I miss uh, sports. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what I, I want to know, what have you been consuming most? That, that is the thing I want to know the most. Like, what are you listening to these days? What have you been watching? What, uh, what are you reading? Anything? Are we doing this as what's the hype? No, not no, what's the hype. Did you prepare is... for what's the hype? What's not the hype? Oh, of course I did. Cause I'm a professional. <laughs> I mean, oh, yes. Okay. All right. Go ahead. No, no, no. But I'll tell you about the things I'm consuming. So uh, during this uh, whole quarantine thing, I've been watching, my girlfriend and I have been watching a lot of movies, Uh which I had gotten away from because I've, uh, we've gotten so much into TV shows as a culture the past five years that I have neglected watching movies, you know, um, and I actually do another podcast with a guy that is about movies. And I'm what? Like, wait, wait, wait. It's been two hours. Yeah. First time we're speaking five years. <laughs> well, I didn't want you to feel like I had cheated on you or something. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I should have led with it. There's another, yes, there's you another buried the in lead. my life. Yeah. No, I did a podcast about movies with somebody that, you know, What's it called? It's called uh, Tales from the Orca. 
It's called I Only Like Their Old Stuff too. Yeah, the yeah. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I just called it I Only Like Their Old Stuff. <laughs> it's on a separate feed. Yeah. Uh, no, it's called Tales from the Orca. But um, O R C A. Yeah, the orca like a killer whale. Yep. All right. The, the orca is the boat from Jaws, so that's what it's it's referencing. But um, yeah. So because uh, I got into that and I. I re- I'm embarrassed constantly by things I haven't seen because <laughs> yep. the guy I do it with Brian, he is super into, I mean, he watches, he watches, I don't know how many movies he watches in a month, probably like 50 movies in a month or something, you know, whereas uh-huh. I might watch in the past, like the, over the past couple of years, I've only watched one a month or maybe less than that. Yeah. You know, so uh, anyway, that's all to say that like, because we've had more time with this and my girlfriend's home more and stuff. Um, we've been watching movies. And so that's been really cool. We're going through all the James Bond movies right now. Uh-huh. Um, and she likes to do things. It's frustrating at times, but um, also can be rewarding. But she likes, she's very strict about, she wants to do things in order. So she wanted to start with the beginning film, like go through the films all in order. So we started with the Sean Connery films. We're getting through that and getting into the other ones. And it's, it's interesting um, to see those, movies through a modern lens because there's some things that <laughs> do not hold up um but there's also other things like art and the way that they're shot and everything that's really interesting to see how it progresses you know um so we've been watching that and then watching some uh current movies that we haven't that we've missed uh we watched peanut butter falcon have you seen that nope i think you would probably really like it um it's got shia labeouf i know that you're a huge fan um is that the one where he's um he's a father no that's the one he did for uh that's honey boy i think the one for uh i need to watch that too that's on amazon i heard that's good no he um he it's kind of like a modern telling of like huckleberry finn without the racism okay um but it's like he and this um uh, this guy with Down syndrome go on an adventure together. Ah, uh, okay, I remember the trailers for yeah, that. Yeah, and it's and yeah. it's it could have been a, you know, condescending piece of shit, and it wasn't. It's very like interesting, and it's set in uh the Outer Banks of North Carolina, so um you have kind of a frame of reference for that, and uh so that's been incredible. Uh, that was just a great movie. Um, trying to watch all of uh Taika Waititi's films. Uh-huh. Have you watched any of his movies? I mean, I've seen I saw he did uh the Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok, yeah. Um Jojo Rabbit is incredible. It was my best. Oh yeah, movie. we watched we watched Jojo Rabbit a couple weeks ago. Loved it. It was my favorite film from last year. Um he has some older films um that are really great. Uh Boy is really awesome. Um and uh what is the other one called? Something the Wilder People. Rise of the Wilder People, I think. Um, I should know the, the title, but they're very New Zealand centric. But they still are like, you don't have to know a ton about New Zealand to enjoy them. Um, there's a lot of like local stuff in it though from that. And I just like his, like, like his point of view. I, I've been noticing that he's kind of like Wes Anderson if Wes Anderson's characters had a soul. Um, okay. Well, I'll be sure to check it out for my um, my film co- podcast, uh, Tales from the Belafonte. Oh, are you doing one now? Who are you? Yeah. 
Yeah. Are you, it'd be great if you got my co-host from the other one to join you and do that. <laughs> I'd love to hear that conversation. <laughs> um, other things we can consume, I'm watching Sabrina. Uh, the, chilling, the new version chilling. with the girl from Mad Men? Yeah. Uh, it's hit or miss. When it's good, it's really good. When it's bad, it's really bad. It's kind of like really interesting story, and then they're like, "Oh, in this episode, we're celebrating Arbor Day, but we celebrate Witch Arbor Day. <laughs> it's an Arbor Day about witches stuff and witch trees. Um, so it's kind of hokey at places, but um, the acting's really good. At uh, Dawn from The Office is in it, the British Office. Yeah, I know. Mackenzie yeah. Mackenzie was watching that show. Yeah, she's in it. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, it's hit or miss. What? Oh, Tony. <laughs> Keep up the doodling. Um, doing that, and then, um, God, what music have I been listening to? I'm trying to think about stuff that I've been listening to recently. I um, I have been listening to more music because one thing I have done more over the past five years is I started DJing a lot more, and I play uh-huh. out a lot. So I've gotten kind of sick of music because of that, and that sucks. Um, because it's kind of burnt me out on it. But, um, oh man, I've been listening to a lot of Radiohead, just older stuff. Nothing to, <laughs> nothing new, really. I don't know. Just really being on brand there. Yeah, I just saw, I only like old stuff and, and, and mostly older Radiohead stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you, um, did you make a uh, top 10 albums of the decade list? Uh, I did not. I probably should have though, but I've consumed so few full albums over the past decade though, that I might not be the best judge of it. I think you'd be surprised at how many you have. Yeah. I did it. I mean, it t- I, I spent some like real time on it. Did you post it uh, somewhere? Yeah, I, I put, um, I posted to my Instagram, um, like I did a, a triptych of three different posts of this on the same thing, just like a collection yeah. of albums rather than like ranking them one through 10 or whatever. And I think I, I think I did. Um, I think I wound up with like either nine or 15, like it was some weird number, yeah. you know, um, I've been, um, yeah, I, I think I've been a little bit more tuned into music lately than I have, movies and and tv although i've been keeping up with most of the stuff that everybody's watching you know what i mean um but nothing really stands out although it's funny that you're talking about consuming movies more because in the past like four months that's been the same thing in our house and i guess in the past year there's been this thing and this is a thing that I, i really wanted to talk to you about um but never really, you know, obviously didn't talk to you about it. My new favorite movie is the Netflix Wednesday night movie in the sense that it's some Netflix original movie that is not incredible. Wait, is that like, a thing? Is it actually promoted as the Wednesday night movie? No, this is me being profound. Oh, okay. I got you. I've come I up with this it. tag to set your expectations appropriately okay. for a movie, right? There are many Netflix movies that are not great, right? but they're just good enough for that midweek. I want to watch something, but I don't want to try and plow through some series of TV that I feel obligated to watch in order to be able to talk at work tomorrow, yeah, right? Right. And 
there have been a few like I really I'm really in on these types of movies. A lot of them are like teenage coming of age stories, you know, like rom-coms and stuff like that. But there have been a few that have stood out. I'm thinking of one right now. Um, uh, the King. Did you see that? No, that's got um... Timothy Chalamet mm-hmm. and Joel Edgerton. Yeah, I heard that was good. I have not watched it, though. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I'll put you onto that. Remember that I'll, I put you onto that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to write it down so I can ignore it for a few years and then watch it and tell you how good it is. And totally I can't wait. The, the that'll be that'll be the 10-year anniversary of... <laughs> the next time we record. Yeah. Um, the, the, the last Netflix original I remember watching was that uh, action movie with Ben Affleck in it. I can't remember the name of it. We're really, we're yeah, really. Lincoln Bradley Cooper's in it, I think. And they like try to rob some drug dealer or something. They're a bunch of ex-military. Oh guys. yeah. Extract. No, extraction is the new one with, um, Thor. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the, I know the one that you're talking about. Yeah. That movie sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar Isaacs was in it too. Um, it was bad, but I was like, didn't hate myself for watching it. No, of course not. That's there the whole some, point. There was some, and I think it's along the lines of what you're talking about. It's like some good action sequences, a couple, little bit of funny banter, pretty bad plot. Dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's so, um, so. What's some more of these these originals you've been watching? What are, give me some more titles. Um. Well, okay. So here's the thing. I have created a list of everything that I've watched. And listened to and read since the pandemic started. Wow, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm not going to go through them all. I can't go through them all. I'll pick a, I'll pick a few on, on the movie front. Uh, Um, Obviously, uh, Parasite on Hulu. Parasite's on Hulu. I, we we enjoyed that. Did you watch that? Yeah, yeah, I watched that on the. I tried to watch most of the uh, Oscar nominees this year. So, um, yeah, it was really good. I wasn't unhappy that it won. Okay, I've got I've got a. Here's a Wednesday night movie. It's called Love Wedding Repeat. Love it's on Netflix. Wedding Repeat. It's technically a rom com. Um, Extraction is on Netflix. That's another Wednesday night movie. That's a movie that's straight up. It's it's another action movie. It's not that. It's not going to ask that much of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a movie called The Night Comes for Us on Netflix that is as if somebody watched The Raid and said, "I think I can make it bloodier." <laughs> So I would recommend that one. All right. I'll check that out. I, I, I always skip those movies cause I'm like, not because I'm like uppity about it. I'm just like, I'm real bad about, I feel really bad when I watch a movie that I just absolutely feel like was a complete waste of time. Cause I feel like <laughs> sure. I've wasted my time when I could have watched something good, but then I miss a lot of things because of that, that are actually yeah. worth watching. And every movie doesn't have to be, you know, perfect or whatever but i just don't want to um we've been <laughs> jackie is on this kick now that she wants to watch every sam rockwell movie and 
the Sam Rockwell movies where they use his talents properly are amazing, and the ones where he is miscast are absolutely atrocious. So, we've so had did him. you watch the Netflix one where he's a hitman? Yes. Which one is that? That's atrocious. I thought that movie was <laughs> horrible. Did you like it? I didn't give a shit about it. I enjoyed watching it. When it was over, I didn't think about it. Again. I was angry about that movie. That one made of me angry. It was bad. Of course you were. Um, did have you watched Dave on Hulu? No, the, uh, people are telling me like some friends of mine told me it's better than Atlanta. It's no, it's not better than Atlanta. Those are not your friends. These they are do people not have I your respect their opinion. Show. Yeah. Well. Um, it, I will say is way better than I expected it to be. I went in saying, okay, a little Dickie TV show, like whatever it is sharp. It's well, it's, it's just well done on every front. It's really fucking good. It's probably the favorite thing that I've watched since this whole pandemic has started. Wow. Um, I'll have to check it out. It's on my list for sure. I was a little bit like, uh, cause I don't know what to think about little Dickie, but I think I like him now. You, you don't have to worry about what you think about him for it to make a huge impact on whether or not you enjoy the show. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, even though it is like really tied up into him, it's semi autobiographical, you know, um, it is every character on there is a real character like this. It's no 2d about it. It's really good. I like him enough that I think that I would like it anyway. Um, that reminds me one thing that like my number one thing I think that I've consumed during this is I've binge watched Shit's Creek. <sighs> yeah, that's, that's one of those that I it gets universe that I've just not taken the plunge on. Oh, you have you. So I was afraid you were going to say you didn't like it. Um, so you haven't watched it at all. I- I've watched maybe three episodes and I've said, yeah, this is really good. And then just like not gone back to it yeah, because yeah. there's a glut of good stuff. Not yeah. because I didn't like it. I think it's fantastic. I think it's one of the best things made in the past couple of years. Um, it's written by Eugene Levy and his son, Daniel Levy. And mm-hmm. um, it's got that sort of best in show kind of thing going on. Um, with some just, I just think the writing's really good, which I really, you know, I really appreciate, especially comedy writing. Um, and it's, it's a show that you, there's no villains in the show. Um, Uh and it's all, it's about these assholes who become less of assholes over time, you know? And it's interesting to see them grow. And it's like a, it's like kind of a feel good show. Like you don't feel bad watching it, you know? Um, or depressed or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's pretty light. The episodes are quick. Um, and you do need to get through, like if you stopped at three, you really need to get through kind of half the first season before you really get locked in. But, um, the, the characters in it are like great. And I think that, uh, um, God, what's Daniel Levy's character is like one of the best characters in definitely like the past 10 years. So, well, you can judge how good and impactful a character is now by whether or not when you pull up a bunch of gifts, whether or not they show up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so he's all over my gift keyboard. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think you should watch it just at least for the writing. And uh, Catherine O'Hara is great in it. Um, and well, she's that's a, standard. Yeah, I mean, she, anything she works with Eugene Levy on is, is great. And, I don't know. It's just an easy watch and it's doesn't make me feel terrible, you know? So I don't know. Um, 
All right. So if I'm recommending one, yeah. So if I'm recommending one TV show, it's going to be Dave. Okay. Number two is going to be Drive to Survive on Netflix. But that's specific about Formula One racing. But I really enjoy being brought into a world of which I have no idea about. It's a highly specialized world, and you get like an all-access pass. Is you it know, a it's just super engaging. Or drama. It's a docu series. Okay. So I, there's two seasons: um, the F1 season from two years ago and the F1 season from last year. I, so it's I, just like hard knocks, right? I, yeah, for, F1. for F1. I like I like F1 racing a lot. So I don't, but I'm not like. I've never sat down and watched a full race or anything, but I think it's cool, I guess is a better way to put it. I so think you should check it out. I should probably check that Every, out. Everybody that I've recommended it to has said, wow, I I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, um, so I'm going to recommend some music. Yeah, go for it because I need some recommendations. So ever since so, – so the first two that I'm going to recommend – um, one's a guy, one's a girl. The girl is Katie Crutchfield and she, her music project is called Waxahachie. Yeah. You familiar with Waxahachie? Nope. Okay. Her boyfriend is a guy by the name of Kevin Morby and he has a solo career, Okay. but he just uses his name, Kevin Morby. Mm-hmm. I have been... I have seen both of them live, but only at a music festival and not like didn't really pay attention to their sets. It was just like more passing through or in in fact, one time I completely skipped a Kevin Morby set because I was like, I don't know that I'm really into him. So it was that kind of relationship where I had like I had had a Kevin Morby album because somebody had recommended it to me, but I didn't spend enough time with it to break through to enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Mm So during this period of, of, you know, shelter in place, the two of them live together because they're boyfriend and girlfriend. And for six weeks in a row, they went live on Instagram. Oh, wow. For like two hours, dude. And they would take requests from people messaging on the, you know, public comments and they would have their friends call in to Instagram live. And I've seen plenty of these live streams you know, since this shelter in place has yeah, happened, yeah, like I've, sure. I've watched more than 15 different artists do this and theirs was the best of all the rest because it was so much more like a hangout than just like a straight down the line performance because audio tr- doesn't really translate that well. Right. right yeah. And so since the sound engineering wasn't perfect for Instagram live, they just had a lot more fun with it and it felt like a hangout. And the first time I happened into it, I was like, I'm going to give this 10 minutes. Like I tried with everything else. I'm just going to give it 10 minutes, you know? And two hours later it was over and I was like, what the hell? Like (laughs) that was truly special. Like it was really fun. It was joyful. They had fans calling in. They took calls from their actual friends. Some people played music with them, uh, members of their bands, that kind of stuff. And, and it was neat if you, uh, if you're the type of person to allow yourself to engage in that type of thing. Right. Um, and so it sent me into reconsidering their studio albums and Waxahachie put one out this year called St. Cloud. And that album is all, – all of her albums I'm much more positioned to enjoy than his yeah. just because of the way they sound. Um, 
So her most recent album is called St. Cloud, and it's one of those albums that you can listen to without skipping a single track. Okay. Um, and and so that's been on regular rotation. I'll check it out. I'll, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll stop at that one. Um, sure. I'll say Kevin Morby's music is really, really good, too. Like, it's really good. Well, it sounds and, like you've been shitting on him, so. Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I... I the two of them did two songs that were covers. Um, did you ever listen to Songs Ohio? That band? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not so this is a band. The guy that wrote the songs that performs is his name's Jason Molina. Uh-huh. And it's crazy because I found his music from them doing covers of his songs right yeah the one notable one is called farewell transmission and their cover of it is out fucking standing like it's an incredible song gotcha. it's a six minute meditation and it's so good right and i promise you you're gonna love it all right what's the name of it again? it's called farewell transmission I'm gonna write it down. and i thought it was their song and then I've, i learned that it was a cover right and so i went and listened to this guy jason molina and the the band is called Songs Colon O H I A. Songs Ohio. Okay. It is I I think like I'm gonna go on the record now and say it might become your favorite new band. Really? And it's wow. not new. Like I think yeah. the guy might even be dead. Like I didn't even do my full research on him. Like I think he's dead. The music is from like 2003. Uh-huh. And it's like in between pavement. Uh, modest mouse, like that kind of down the alley of that sound. Yeah. And it's, but yet the songwriting is incredible. And I, as I started listening to this, I was like, Jesus Christ, if Joey doesn't know this band, he's going to fucking love this band. He's going to be like, where's the time gone with this band? Like, how did I not know about it? All because right. it's so down your alley. I will check it out. But to connect the dots from these newer musicians back to this band it gives you like it was this journey that I've had these past like six weeks of like listening to these two people at first, just kind of like casually, uh, like as a casual fan or like maybe even fan adjacent, you know, and then like, whoa, their energy is so good. I'm going to go listen to their albums and then listening to their albums be like, God, these they're really good at this music. Like they make really good music. And then like, oh, they did this cover. Oh, this is an influence of theirs. Holy shit. This influence of theirs is like a band really that I would good. really <laughs> love back in the day. You know, it's been a while since I've had that. And that's since I've had any artists like create that in me, you know? So that's exciting. Yep. So check it out. The shame is they're not, they're not doing these weekly rodeos anymore, but they say they may come back and do some more in the future. So if they do, I'll, I'll be sure to, you know, to give you a, yeah, let me a head. Uh, um, yeah, you also hyped me to that uh, that NBA thing that they were doing, where they were making up the uh, they were doing mock broadcasts of NBA games during this, and that was really cool. Um, yeah, that was like a, what was the group that did that? MHCFP. Yeah, that was that was cool. I hope they do that again. That's really neat. They yeah, shared it with a bunch of other people. You took credit for it, I'm sure. Oh, I didn't tell them anything about you. Of course, no. Of course, not. I found this on my own. <laughs> In <laughs> fact, I'm, I'm a producer. Yeah, <laughs> I made it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. 
Now what? Oh, you want to do uh, What's the Hype? Yeah, I want to hear it. Well, number one was doing this episode. Yeah. It was kind of hype still out. <laughs> now I'd say it's What's the Hype in retrospect. Um, other than that, um, been cooking a lot more. Girlfriend and I both been cooking a lot more because we're not going out at all, obviously. Um, yeah. I love grilling. I've been documenting that on my Instagram the past year or so. Um making some banging pork chops and stuff but uh we made uh several times during this we have made chicago dogs oh yeah which Uh i have always not been a big hot dog fan but i love a chicago dog and i don't know if you know what it is but um it's uh originated in chicago obviously it's a hot dog with uh, a lot of different toppings on it uh specific toppings it's got sweet relish it also has dill pickle it has mustard, it has onions on it, and it has uh, tomato, slices of tomato, and uh, these things called sport peppers, which are these kind of mild peppers, and it's all on this poppy seed hot dog bun, and it is delicious. Uh, it's like a, it's got this texture to it that's really satisfying, like this crunch to it, and then all the flavors mixed together. It's really good. So, I have a question. Yeah. How do you manage eating it without it falling apart? Surprisingly, it holds together pretty well. You have to slice the tomatoes kind of thin, but I don't know if you've seen the pictures that I posted. But um, I, Yeah, I've seen the pictures, and my only thought was, well, that, that seems like a really frustrating thing to try to eat. Well, the, see, the first time we did it, we used not authentic hot dog buns. We used the non-poppy seed ones. But then my friend and friend of the show, I think she's uh, one of the super fans, uh, Dow, sent me this care package kit from the company that makes the, the authentic stuff for this. And it had the, the authentic hot dogs in it and it had the authentic uh, poppy seed buns in it. And the poppy seed buns that they have are super legit. Like they don't fall apart. Like they're a little thicker than a normal bun, I think. So it like holds together. But even when we did it with the regular buns, it surprisingly held together. Like you just kind of like wrap your hands around it and keep it, the stuff from falling out the top. <laughs> And it's like just, just wrap your hands around that just, dog just and just get it. Just it a little bit. Over. You can rub it back and forth a little bit if you want. Um, mm-hmm. No, but it's like I don't know. The, the flavors all mixed together, and it seems like a lot of stuff. And the odd times I don't like a lot of like compl- complicated shit like that on something like that. But it all like mixes together and it's delicious. Um, okay. So we've been doing that, and uh, that's we. <laughs> We haven't been eating like that's not obviously not healthy. We've actually been eating fairly decent during this whole thing, but uh, that's been kind of the guilty pleasure. Um, it's making the Chicago dogs; they're delicious. So. I don't think that I have a. Well, I guess what's the hype is that I I've been. Oh shit! Yeah. So okay. So shelter in place. We're staying at home. Mackenzie gets online and orders a projector. And an aluminum frame and a screen. And we've done three backyard movies now. Oh, that's killer, man. I, I, I need to do that. It's cool. We had, um, so the first time it was just the two of us because we wanted to test it out, you know? Yeah. The screen is, the screen is massive. It's like, I don't know, it stands like um, seven, maybe eight feet tall. Yeah. It's probably 20 feet wide. And so it's huge, yeah. right? And, and, um, I mean, the aluminum frame is like collapsible, right? So you you build the frame out, and then you snap the screen on to the buttons around the edge of uh, around the edge of the frame. And 
our neighbor had an old stereo that he was no longer using. So we have this like receiver and big speakers that we put up on these step ladders on either side of the screen. And the first time it was just the two of us watching. Um, and then we had our neighbors come over just one couple and they sat on one side of the yard. We sat on the other side of the yard and we watched the movie. And, um, and so last night was the first night where we like invited all of our neighbors that come that like immediately share property with us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it was like the yard was big enough that I don't, I mean, it wasn't like a COVID party, you know what I mean? Like everybody stayed separate from each other. Nobody, right. you know, shook hands or anything like that. Everybody was far enough apart. We were like Just 10 feet apart from yeah. each other. And we, Mackenzie and I decided that we're going to do like a, a distanced summer movie series where we invite our neighbors over. And the first one was my choice and it was Jurassic park. Oh, that's awesome. That's a good movie for watching in that environment. When was the last time you watched that movie? Man, it's probably been five years. I hadn't watched it in at least 10 and it was so much fun. That's such a fun movie. And the score to it was ridiculous. Oh, it's so good. John Williams killing it. I had that cassette tape in fifth grade and I listened to it on a Walkman every day when I was like riding the bus to school. And like when it, when it came on, I just, it was like, it was probably like other people with star Wars, you know, like that was perfect timing for me when I, when I saw that movie the first time and the, the sounds of that score have just like imprinted onto my soul for the first time. And it pans up and then it's got just swells with that epic, you know, the most noticeable track it's like so good that's good so yeah, that's cool we've got on the list of movies that um, we've got four more movies on the list right yeah jaws is is on the list i was gonna suggest jaws it's perfect yep. it's great for that yeah yep it's a mad 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 world oh i haven't watched that in years yeah yeah um it's good comedy the shining yep and uh, no, that was it. Just the three more. It was four, including Jurassic Park. So those are the those are the next three. You know, like I'm trying to go with like you know, like movies that are like universally loved. Yeah. Not necessarily. McKinsey was like, we should rent new movies, and I was like, fuck that. And like yeah, we got all sorts of different people like over it. here. Yeah. Let's make sure everybody's happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So that's the hype. We got a backyard screen now. That is hype. Um, For me, for not the hype has been Facebook. Oh, God, what a toxic dump of garbage opinions, um, including my own. Um, What what an awful, like, depressing stew of misery Facebook has been, particularly in the past week or so with this conspiracy theory shit. It's just been awful. So that's my not the hype. Um, I'll agree. So yeah. I, I took Facebook off my phone like a uh, year and a half ago. Oh, I bet you don't watch TV either. Do you look, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to lead in. Are you in vegan now? What that means is I check Facebook twice a day. I'll okay, check it yeah. in the morning, right on yeah. my computer. And then I'll check it at night yeah. and I go there in the past, like two or three weeks. I've been like, why am I even opening this tab? Just, like, just don't don't look at it any day now for a while. 
That whole, uh, I'll tell you the, the thing that I know that you're talking about that I'm not going to name cause I don't even want to give it credence. Yeah, the right. YouTube video that was making its rounds yesterday and the day before and the week, this week, uh, just, I just defriended people that were posting it saying like, interesting. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't tend to defriend people for stuff like that, but I have thought about it. It definitely made me lose respect for some people that I was like, Oh, I thought you were cool. Ugh. I just the whole notion of we must look at other opinions. I'm like, well, I think dragons did it. <laughs> I think it's about dragons started it. Well, how did dra- dragons? They're not real. Well, you got to respect my opinion. You got to look at my perspective. I have a different perspective than you. You need to respect it. We have to look at all all the options. Could have been dragons. You can't tell me it's not. Yeah, I'm just yeah. a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. The terminology. Speaking of terminology. Oh. Please stop with the sheep and the this and the that and the virtue signaling and all this shit. Like, ugh. Yeah. So, uh, so that's it. Yeah. That's the show. Fuck. Oh, number one fan. Oh, well, uh, well, who do you want to give it to? Well, we got to give it to Perry. Yeah. P-Dog was the first one to message us when we put up. Uh, that we might be reforming the getting the band back together. He's like, yeah, you should do it. I'll I'll listen. He's like, do this. So, uh, P Dog, Perry made it this long. The what? Perry ain't even gonna make it this nah, long. Hell no, the he made it this long. Uh, some other people that I miss, friend of the show, Miss hit us up too and was like, hey, I'll listen. So shout out to Miss. Um, Mikey said he would listen. Uh, honorable mention to Barrett. Oh, did she you? holler? Yeah, she replied. She said, "Oh my god, I can't wait for this episode." <laughs> that that's that's uh, man, I had we've really let her down. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, Mitchell Mitchell shouted out so, from the. Oh, well, he didn't reach out to me, so I forgot how good the Oatmeal Conspiracy uh songs were for the old dial to us because that that punk rock one is a banger. Yeah, it's real good. I didn't think I didn't realize that the Milk Conspiracy was good like that. So. No, uh, yeah, uh, their <laughs> old stuff is good, but yeah, the new stuff. it's all old stuff by now. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to them, and uh, yeah, thanks, number one fan, P Dog Perry. We appreciate you, and uh, I don't know. I didn't hear nothing from Zell or Clave, so I'm, them fools so, is gone. Yeah, and shout out to Dow for sending me that delicious food this week, and. Yeah, so I guess that's it. We covered a lot of ground, and I guess now I gotta edit this piece of shit and put it on the internet. <laughs> <sighs> All right, well you've been listening to I don't like their old stuff. I don't. I don't know how we used to end the show. <laughs> Think like that. That's how we used to end it. We're just laughing at me saying something stupid. Oh, I've missed that laugh. I missed it. Ugh. God. This is fun. It was fun. I had a good time. All right. Um, all right. So I guess I'm gonna stop. Oh, I I thought you already did stop. I didn't. Of course I didn't. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'll stop now. I wouldn't have said it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
just enjoyed another episode. I only like it once. We'll see you next time. Have a good night.